0: Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us on the season two premiere of This Is this Sex. Is sex. Hey. hey,
1: y'all. Happy
0: 2021, y'all. All right, all right. New year, new us. Not really, go. but.
2: <laughs> new year, let's be get this corona, Yeah, this has to be, to be better, better than last
0: year. I'm just so grateful for this space to be providing people with news that they can use. Oh, I like that. You You know, oh, thank you. Thank you. We made it. Well, we are making our way through this pandemic and navigating it. And so um, I wanted to get us started off this season with um, an issue that is near and dear to my heart. um, And that is diabetes. Mm, Not the sugar.
2: The sugar. Not the sugar. The sugar. sugar. No, or like my grandmother says, the
1: sugar diabetes. Yes, yeah, sugar <laughs> diabetes. <died> sugar <laughs> diabetes. <died> yes. <Yeah.
0: laughs> it's so prevalent in our community, especially. And so um, I know that we all this was a topic that we all wanted to address, but I guess I will get us started with the very obvious question of why in the heck are we talking about diabetes on a sexual health podcast? Like, can someone answer that for me for the people? Because I know someone is wondering. Like, wait a minute why I, we, i'm why, wondering we, okay like, where this come from
2: all right so in the united states there's about 34 million people that have um that live with diabetes mm-hmm. and that's about 10 of the u.s population so it's not um you know something that is just an anomaly um in 2017, it was the seventh leading cause of death. As we go into 2021, it's the fifth leading cause of death. So the rates are increasing um, across the U.S. population. And probably of those 34 million people, probably seven or eight million haven't even been diagnosed yet and are dealing with the health issues related to being diabetic without even having been diagnosed. Um
1: I think what we all know, or we all, I think is obvious to us, but may not be obvious to the audience. Is right? is that diabetes disproportionately affects the Brown and Black communities, right? And mm-hmm. so for us, it's incredibly important to talk about how um, diabetes affects us specifically because we're part of that community. So even though mm-hmm. there's a huge, huge population of people with diabetes, a good portion of those are our people.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hmm. And I mean, our people that are poor, our people that are well off, our people that you know come from all socioeconomic um, backgrounds. Um, it's one of those that all of us across the entire population can be impacted by. And when we think of sexual health, you know, we often talk just about you know. Um, mental health issues or sexually transmitted infections or things like that. But, you know, cardiovascular health and things such as that really play a major role in your sexual health. And I don't think we always um, put the pieces together in that puzzle. Uh, We want to often just talk about the genitals when it comes to sexual health, and we don't take into consideration all the other aspects of our physical body that really impact us in our sexual health yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: that's what we're going to talk He's about up. today is how that how diabetes can impact us sexually and
0: and what we can do about that mm-hmm. we can try and do about that yeah I like that so on that note, Dr. Simpson Clay, I have a question because Dr. J said that diabetes, she, she made a note that diabetes and cardiovascular health are correlated. Can you medically give it to me in a, um, a way that a, a social worker from the east side can digest how <laughs> diabetes and cardiovascular health, impact sexual health
1: don't get twisted You're social work from the east side you understand this plenty <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm asking the question for
2: the people <laughs> for the people for the people, for the dr. people. dr clay <laughs>
1: um, essentially um diabetes is a major risk factor for cardiovascular disease which just means heart disease it's the kind of the easier way to say it um because of the way diabetes affects the body and i'll i can touch on a little bit of that i guess but because of the way diabetes affects the body Um, and affects the heart, it can can significantly um, impact, negatively impact your heart health. And that is a huge uh, player when it comes to sexual functioning, especially for men. Um, So diabetes affects, I think most of us know it affects our eyeballs. Um, um, People who have really end-stage diabetes do not see well. It affects our kidneys, Um, it affects our heart. Um, and and, And from a sexual standpoint, it affects our nerves. It affects um, our ability, our sensation and all of that. So it just, it, diabetes doesn't just, isn't just sugar that you're trying to control. Isn't just, you know, trying to fix your insulin levels so you can control your sugar that, um, that, is, that comes into the body from food, but it, it over time can significantly impact multiple organ systems. Um, and that can then lead to things like cardiovascular disease and nerve dysfunction like neuropathy and kidney disease and eye disease. So diabetes is, as right now, is w- one of the biggest risk factors for heart disease, um, just because it's associated with a lot of other things.
2: Wow,
0: goodness, yeah, yeah. serious, ain't
1: it? It's it's like I know, right? Water. It's just like, gee, series. this is. It is. I, I think that's the hard thing. I think, right? Like, I think, especially in our communities, right? We we, we think of diabetes and we think, okay, it's just because of how I eat. Um, so I just need to control how I eat and then um, I'll, I'll get better and it won't, it, it won't affect anything else. But how, how I mean, I, I have, I have personal members with diabetes that have severe neuropathy. So They have lots of nerve pain. They have really mm-hmm. bad eyesight. They have really bad heart disease. And I don't think, I think like Dr. Jay was saying that we often put all the pieces together. Like this is caused by this same disease um, that's manifesting in the body. And so how does that impact our sexuality um you'll be surprised but nerves are involved in sexuality exactly Mm -hmm.
2: so Mm -hmm. so when we talk about that um let's because I want to get to the to the mental health aspect of dealing with the the you know the comorbidity issues along with diabetes as it relates to sexual health but I think going back to the number of individuals who may not have an, a firm diagnosis of diabetes or um, have seen a doctor related to it that are dealing with things like erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. um, or those that are on medications that erectile dysfunction um, is one of the side effects. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. talk. can we talk a little bit about how we take that the, that aspect of your part's not working because the nerves are involved and everything else Mm -hmm. and blood flow and not being able to maybe um enjoy sex as you have in the past because you are dealing with um your diabetic situation
1: yeah so I think I I mean I, I think if we explain it to the people I think it'll it'll make sense too right so um one of the ways that diabetes affects us is it affects your blood vessels. That's a thing that travels blood through your body and it makes those blood vessels essentially harder and thicker and just makes it much more difficult to pump blood to different areas of the body. And that includes your genitals. And so what your body does as a safety mechanism is it says, okay, it's hard for me to pump blood in different areas. So I'm gonna pump blood to the areas that count my brain my heart, my lungs, uh, my kidneys. And so it will preferentially stop Sh- sh- shifting blood to your genitals, so your 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 penis, your clitoris, your vagina. I want my
0: brain. I want my I want my blood vessels to make sure they don't. My genitals are good spaces. Exactly. You don't want to be able I, to be stimulated I, Is there a way I can and talk to my, <laughs> and talk to my, my blood? Case, it, just you to
2: know, know what I'm know. It just like I need them on their jobs.
1: Just like in a lot of diseases, though, especially when it comes to diseases of, of that affect the blood vessels, your body is designed to protect the most vital organs and unfortunately although we think your genitals are, is, is a vital organ your body does not your mm. body sees your vital organs as your brain your heart the think they are going to keep you alive and keep you moving so it will take blood away from those areas that aren't considered vital and your genitals
0: is one of them the same with this is why i like having a black doctor go ahead you know <laughs> what i'm saying
1: this, this is what we need This, this same happens with nerve dysfunction, right? Like that's why diabetics tend to have lots of nerve pain in their feet and their hands. Um, because those are not preferential areas that the, that the body sees as, as as important necessarily. Um, so what happens in the genitals is you don't typically get nerve pain, but what you get is decreased sensation. So you start having difficulty with orgasms. You start having difficulty with lubrication. You start having issues with um, erections or um, being able to penetrate for long periods of time. Just the nerves are affected. So your you know you your your sugar being out of control isn't just okay. Let me not eat you know whatever um, or keep that under control. It's I need to keep under control to keep my heart healthy to keep my eyeballs from seeing to
2: keep my orgasms coming <laughs> to keep my mm-hmm. penis erect yeah. um and that so- you know that goes to back to the fact that the the penis and the clitoris are so very similar mm-hmm. um because again we always talk about you know oh it's just a little button and it's not but both of them need to be engorged for stimulation yep. and arousal. Mm-hmm. And we need both of them operating properly. Yep. Yep. So, so Valen, when you're dealing with someone or you're, you're working with someone who's dealing with, um, issues related to, um, lack of arousal or stimulation and things like that talk to us a little bit about how that impacts their mental health as well
0: well I see a lot of people who are depressed and a lot of people who are anxious and they it's usually um, like uh, two sides of the same coin because you know let's just say if let's say for a guy um, you know guys well, it's interesting because so I have like two different professional hats that I wear, and with those hats, they come like the way that it may come up is totally different. One is a healthcare setting, one is not. But the guys may uh, so you know, sometimes it's, it's happenstance where it may come up, but it's secondary to just relationship issues. And we're not having understanding. Yes. And like the wife will just tell me in my sports social work hat, I mean, wives will just straight up tell me like, Oh, you know, he's got diabetes and high blood pressure. He had a heart attack 15 years ago. We are not having sex. It's been miserable. He won't go to the doctor. It's like, they will just feel and that's that. And the guy is just like angry and frustrated and feels misunderstood yeah. versus, you know, Um, the healthcare worker had, you know, it comes up most of the time because I may be dealing with uh, a woman who has um, a high risk pregnancy and uh, her diabetes may be part of it. And so um, she, I don't always, sometimes I just know that because I have access to the chart. I mean, I do ask about like chronic health conditions, but oftentimes people won't even mention diabetes. If I ask like, do you have any chronic medical issues? Like they'll say, oh, lupus or you know, rheumatoid arthritis or oh you know fibroids but diabetes they rarely will say that to me but I will hear like with women out here like I just don't have um, a sex drive and then when we are processing like well when did that start or you know when did you notice that or um, like w- what is the context then like when we like like pull back all the layers then it's like oh, okay Um, you know, I'm having painful sex or, um, you know, it's just, it's just uncomfortable. And then like, you know, then we go all the way, like we drill all the way down to go all the way back. And I like working in healthcare because I'm part of this interdisciplinary team. So I can then, you know, tell the patient, like, this is not my wheelhouse, but make sure you ask about this or, you know, um, have you brought that up with your doctor? Um, And, you know, I'm a big proponent of sort of staying in my lane, but working collaboratively and just making sure whatever tests that can be ran are ran because I don't know which ones to ask for but I do know you can ask if there are other tests that can be ran you know or uh, things that can be done so I mean it comes up a lot like I said sometimes just more of like bigger broader vaguer relationship issues but people are really kind of dealing with those nuances they probably aren't even um, aware of, but just subconsciously acting on these dynamics that really are, you can drill all the way back down to how diabetes is affecting their body and then how that's affecting their mental health and self esteem and thus their relationships. So it's real that, deep. I think what happens, at least what I see, but I'm sure Valonichi this too,
1: what happens a lot is I think people come in with certain issues or complaints and they don't connect them back to Mm -hmm. their health problems or to maybe other things that might be going on. So a lot of what I hear is low, I I have low desire. My partner has ED and, you know, we don't, we don't know why. And then I'll ask, do they have any health problems? And I'll hear diabetes and I'll ask, well, how well, how is their diabetes controlled? Are they doing good? Are they, what medications are they on? And it takes for someone else to connect the dots. Like, so, you know, if, you know, your blood sugars are out of control. That means your diabetes is affecting these other organ systems, like your nerves and your blood vessels and your heart. So if your partner, you know, who's got a penis, who can't get an erection, whose blood sugar is 400 on a regular basis, those things are connected. Mm -hmm. They're connected. Um, and how do we, you know, how, and how do we deal with that? And the same thing with women, I think for in general, for, um, Women, our sexuality in general is incredibly complex, but just like our sexuality is impacted by hormones, it is absolutely impacted by chronic disease, mm-hmm. uh, not only from a mental health standpoint, um, but also from a physical standpoint. Uh, one of the things I always say in my classes um, when we're talking about how to manage things like low desire and, and low libido is. Maintaining a healthy weight and exercising and managing your chronic conditions is important because when you are, when you feel healthy, you tend to feel sexier. Mm-hmm. Most of us, if we're fatigued and retired and our sugars are all over the place and we're taking six different medications, sex is not typically a priority. You're too busy trying to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even a priority
2: to discuss with your healthcare provider.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're, go- if you're going down the list of diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, thyroid problems, by the time you get to the end of that, it's hard to then go to a very important part of your health, your sexual health, but it's hard to go there and not at least admit that there are going to be overlap between those problems. Right. But I think we don't talk enough about it to know that this... Diabetes can affect your sexual health. Thyroid conditions can affect your sexual health. Like anything physical can do that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also don't if- think that healthcare providers take the time to initiate those conversations oh girl we're terrible
0: I, I was just so. about to we're say terrible. that we're it's terrible. so stigmatized so unless you are you just have like an amazing rapport or probably like most of the time when most of us can com- complain it's usually when something is really really bad yeah. right like but if it was part of like a standard questionnaire like if you know the doctor was asking me about my exercise and this and that and like you know like what's the quality of your sex like or something that would help you tie, like break through that stigma and tie it back to like, oh, okay, like your diabetes uh, or your health may be impacted in these ways. Have you experienced any of these symptoms related to your sexual health? I think that would give people permission to be like, oh, well, I have noticed that, You you know. You know what's funny is that it's supposed to be a part of a
1: standard medical questionnaire. So mm-hmm. when you go to see your doctor whether it's an OBGYN or your regular doctor it, it, if you're going for a physical or just a routine checkup that is one of the questions they're supposed to ask you is do you have any sexual concerns? Now they may ask right. you in a varying very different, you know, ways but there's a, you should get be asked mm-hmm. what's your sexual what's your sexual health like? Are you currently sexually active? Do you have any issues with that? And what happens is out, outside of the three of us, that you would be surprised about how many people are so, how many physicians, nurse practitioners, or healthcare providers in general are so nervous to ask people about their sexuality. One, because yeah. they don't know how to ask in a way that they feel is not threatening or weird. Mm-hmm. But two, they don't know what to do if you tell them, no, I got all these problems. How do I fix it? <laughs>
2: They're like, <laughs> I don't know. But um, also, do you think that, that it makes, do you feel like the conversation, and this is for the people because I do already, do you, do you feel like the conversation is different based upon age and known relationship status?
1: Absolutely. And, and yeah. sexual orientation,
2: mm-hmm. because Good I really one. believe that
1: if someone like, if someone has a heterosexual bias, if someone who is homosexual or queer or just, or it's pansexual, wants to discuss issues they're having, and that person doesn't either understand or agree with, or want to understand, then they're, they have an overarching bias that I think colors the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yes, <laughs> I would love to. It, co- think it, that it changes
2: the conversation and it makes it so uncomfortable yes. for the patient that I don't even feel like I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna bring it up because I don't wanna be judged.
1: I will tell you, I I mean, obviously I'm an, I'm an OBGYN, I think everybody knows that now. Um, but I I obviously see an OBGYN um as a person with a vagina. So I see an OBGYN. Um, and the number of times I've seen an OBGYN, and that person has not asked me, Am I sexually active? Do I need birth control? Like I've had to bring it up, and it's just because it is. It is uncomfortable for a lot of people outside of this, mm-hmm. you know, outside of this podcast. Um, it is uncomfortable for a lot of people. It is, um, they don't know what to do if the answer is anything other than, oh, everything's fine. Um, and I think one of the things we learned, ladies, I, you probably remember this, but one of the things we learned that I think resonated with me was that when you ask that question, you're asking because you want to validate that that's an important part of your overall mm-hmm. health. You're Mm -hmm. not asking because you're supposed to have the answer to every problem. You're just supposed to know where to get the information from, where to get the information, who's the next person the patient needs to see or the client needs to see that they can get those issues addressed. So we're supposed to ask the question so we can figure out what we need to do next, not that we're supposed to have all the answers. And I think for me, that's made a huge difference um, and made it a whole lot easier to just ask, hey, are you sexually active? Men, women, both, everybody. Do you need birth control? How do you feel about your sexual health? Do you feel like do you have any concerns? Are there are there any issues? But I would say that the majority of healthcare providers don't have that same confidence, which is sad because it, it, they're essentially skipping over a huge part of people's quality you know quality of life.
0: And it's it's so important that like, so that's clearly an area of opportunity for healthcare providers. And then I think about um, just myself and like uh, my family earlier, well, last year, uh, my grandmother was hospitalized and I just realized, so she lives in on the Gulf coast in Mississippi and long story short, I realized in that experience, how much. My family trusts healthcare providers. And I mean, as a clinician and a healthcare provider myself, I'm like, they're just people. Like, unless it was Dr. Jesus, Dr. God, like, <laughs> you know. Why Dr. Jesus? <laughs> but you know, it, it's sometimes because I I I I try to be a very relatable, personable professional and I'm not perfect, but I try to, you know, like explain the diagnosis or at least point people like, you know, here's a little, you know, here's a little blurb and here's where you can go get some more information. Mm-hmm. And so on the opposite side of like, yes, there's room for healthcare providers to do a better job with bringing things up. I think, you know, one, one place where I see us as sexual health educators is empowering black and brown people to know that like they are the the they are the center of their health care like I think like you know you go you get your test you get your labs whatever the doctor says you do it or you don't do it and that's kind of that and it's like no like your health care is collaborative so like you know asking questions when you don't understand and sometimes you don't know the questions to ask but you know that that sort of converse relationship of healthcare care providers saying you know this is what this diagnosis is this is how it could affect you broadly and then sort of you know chiseling it out and then on on the flip side, having people being powered to, you know, like feel comfortable enough to share things with their providers, but also, you know, bring stuff up when they go too, because yeah. it's, it's awkward on both sides, I think.
1: Yeah. And it is important to have people feel comfortable enough to, even if their provider doesn't ask for them to say, I'm having mm-hmm. this issue and right, how do I, like, we need to talk about this. Um And some of that comes from building a rapport with your person, but also I agree. Some of it is just you having to take a little bit of control and saying, this is an issue. <laughs> I don't know who I need to talk to about it, but this is a problem. Uh, he can't get it up. I can't get it up. Uh, I don't got no lubrication. My libido's low. Like what What do we need to do? And I, I think now as sexuality and sexual health is becoming more important um, overall that we're going to see more of that, but we do. We, I mean- if you're going in for your physical and you've had painful sex for six years, I'm gonna need you to tell your doctor, I've been having painful sex for six years. I don't know, do I need to talk to you about it? Do I need to talk to my BGIN about it? Do I need to talk to a urologist mm-hmm. about, about it? Do I need to talk to my mom about it? Like, who do I need to talk to about <laughs> okay, it? Okay, somebody because need to listen. Somebody needs to listen. Yeah. Like, this is, this yeah. is a big deal because I think what we forget Right, is that when things affect us sexually, especially if we are in intimate relationships, that will ultimately affect those intimate relationships, which mm-hmm. will then impact your mental health. Right, if your relationship mm-hmm. is fucked up, then <laughs> and it's and it's fucked up for a long time, um, then that impacts you, that impacts you, mm-hmm. your mental health, whether you are with that person or not. Like it, it impacts us. Um, I think we need to stop separating. Sexual health from the rest of our physical health. Just so we need, need to stop up,
2: mental health up, from compartmentalizing our health. ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all of the, it. Whole, yeah. Treat the whole person and not just you know this little piece over here as if it doesn't impact anything else. Because
1: because like like we're talking about now, diabetes affects so many parts of our bodies, including our sex our sexuality, that there's there's there is lots of benefits to treating or managing diabetes that aren't just you know improving your overall health status right like in decreasing your risk of heart attack and decreasing your risk of glaucoma and and all of that but also improving orgasm for you improving erection for you um, improving sensation if you can there there are far more um, ways to improve and sometimes I think if as a healthcare provider if i would say that you know or if i would say hey you might actually have better erections that might get somebody to take to to manage their health a little bit better mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah so uh miss Valen, what are your closing
0: thoughts for us today I'm, 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 representation matters. (laughs) I know we're talking (laughs) about diabetes, but, but seriously, like just being able to have spaces and places where you can talk about these things because you have to connect the dots, right? Like how many of us, like I can name, I mean, well, half my family is diabetic, you know what I'm saying? But like we, and we are like loud and outspoken and intrusive as hell but you you may hear sexual conversations or conversations about sexual health but you will ne- well, I won't say never but I don't think I have Ever, let's say it's been a rare occasion to talk about sex and diabetes at the same time. Like it mm-hmm. may be, oh, you know, somebody's diabetes, it, you know, somebody had to get a toe amputated or somebody's sugars through the roof or, you know, your grandfather can't have that <laughs> because he's diabetic. But right. we haven't tied, we haven't connected the dots. And it's like, this is such a part of, you know, like we said earlier, like, you know, our communities and like our families. And so, I mean, I want everybody to have more, pleasurable enjoyable sex and so Mm -hmm. if we need to explain how diabetes affects the blood vessels that affects our uh, erections and all that good stuff then you know this is an important conversation to have so I'm glad that we can create a space for people to to talk about that
2: what are what
0: are your thoughts
2: I, I I think you summed it up pretty good, but the only thing I want to add is that we are seeing more people um, that are developing diabetes, and we're also seeing younger people developing diabetes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's not just the grandmother, great uncle conversation mm-hmm. that we're used to having any longer. Um, it's the fifty-something year olds. It's the forty-something year olds. It's the and, teenagers. We're seeing
1: yeah. teenagers with diabetes now.
2: So it's it's something that I think is such a broad spectrum health concern yeah. that you know we really need to like most things that we talk about here on this podcast mm-hmm. is we need to normalize those conversations we need to normalize the conversations of sexual health as it relates to other health issues mm-hmm. and other health concerns um, just from a population perspective um, it's not the conversations that um, we can have Look fun conversations and you know the kind of the out there issues but when it really comes and boils down to it is we need to just incorporate sexual health as a part of taking care of us as a part Mm -hmm. of our holistic health um and And I think the way you can do that
1: the way you can do that I think the kind of the easiest I think the easiest way to do that is whenever you're if you have any type of sexual concerns whatever they Mm -hmm. are talk to your doctor about them
2: and bring them out have a primary care provider oh you should if you <laughs> know, your OBGYN yeah. cannot
0: be that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get that if question don't so much a primary
2: care provider then let's let's make that something that we're we're striving for in 2021
1: yes and and have and and I think we we've talked about this before but if you're uncomfortable with your current primary care provider then get another one Get someone that you can feel comfortable with because then you can have these types of conversations. Um, And so if you're having any sexual concerns, bring them up. Even if Mm -hmm. your provider doesn't know what to do with them, they can certainly find someone for you to talk to that can handle them. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing is if you are, if your doctor is suggesting any type of treatment or medication or whatever, ask them, how is this going to, how would this affect me? What Mm -hmm. side effects, including Mm -hmm. sexual side effects, should I expect? Um because that'll also make it normal for that
2: provider short term and that. long term. Yes. Mm-hmm. Side effects. Because yeah. we think that, of we think of the immediacy of oh, I might get a rash, I might get a fever, yeah. you know. I might lose taste for a little while, but we also need to focus on those long-term side effects as well. Yeah,
1: and being Mm -hmm. that we're in, I think we're in a space where sexual health is becoming a big deal. I think we're having a lot more conversations about, okay, this medication can cause fever, upset stomach and loss of orgasm. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that be more of a, a normal conversation, but ask because yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it's you who may not have an orgasm. It's you who may have an issue with erectile dysfunction.
2: It's you, like, and so yeah, you want to like make sure that you inform consumer. Yeah, being absolutely, consumer.
0: That that is that was a good gem right there because I will get the referral from a provider, a doctor or a nurse practitioner, whomever. Um, and it'll be, you know, this person is non-compliant, you know. Uh like uh how can we help, you know, how can we help yeah. this person take their meds? Yep. And then they tell me, like, I'm not taking it, like, you know, like I can't even get my shit up. And it's right. just like mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, did you tell the doctor? Like, well, no, they put me on and it's like, see, th- like let us let us all have a conversation. Right. So I I like yes. to get the questions yes. because I don't know the answers, but I do know my role is to help get the questions answered. Exactly. And then we'll usually have a conversation of, okay, well, this was a barrier, and then it's like, oh, well, there's this other medication now. It's it has its own set of side effects, but it could be helpful, and it hasn't been shown to have as much of an impact on erections and things because it's not as yeah. simple as somebody not taking their medications. You know, the other, like
1: the other tidbit for that too is you. We also want to make sure that it's the medication and not the disease causing the problem because there's a lot of oh, come people out here specifically for diabetes who will swear their diabetes medication is what's causing them not to have an erection or causing them not to have an it's orgasm just, oh in fact God.
2: it's a it's just a I'm throwing dolly. Dolly in your
1: head. I just I no, it's just because <laughs> so, so, no. so often so often people come to me and they're like I, just what exactly what you're saying i have diabetes you know my a1c or my le- my blood sugar levels are through the roof but i don't want to take so and so because i heard it causes it you know it causes loss of erection and i'm like well so are you already having loss of erection from your uncontrolled diabetes we're not in, an, in a worse situation but what can happen is a heart attack that can kill you so we need mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out
2: then you ain't gonna need to be worried about no erection right, orgasms like, at all i think sometimes it's going be
1: hard I think it's so funny that Dr. Jay <laughs> that, you, that you said this from the beginning. A lot of times it is connecting the dots. It is telling people, yeah, yeah. okay, you've got these and these, this, 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 and this that can cause problems with your sexuality, among other things. And how do we fix that? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's not the medication. Sometimes it's your disease getting worse. And how mm-hmm. do we prevent that yeah. from getting worse? So I'm sorry. I just I it just I was
2: like, no, no. I'm, that's a that's, that's a really real, good one yeah.
0: because it's a it's a conundrum, and I yes. think it's important to know you know which piece of the puzzle you standing on yes, so yes. Oh, that was a good one okay Excellent. oh that was a gem mm.
2: I think that that uh pretty much concludes our conversation and today yeah. and today I think Dr. Clay dropped some good tips and helpful hints and everything for us yes and she did yes she did no. Miss Val and A brought it on home with you know taking care of your mental health as well. So yes. ladies, what is this? This is sex. This is this sex. Is sex. Yay. See y'all next time.